This is Joshua Bell with the Kilt on the Cloth, recording another episode for my podcast, specifically to talking about what do we do when we lose our faith in God? This and more heady topics following this intro. Yeah, so I've had a an interesting couple of weeks uh, as we start coming back to worship, and we have start people coming in, and it's as if they're coming out of Plato's cave and they've, they've experienced life in the darkness, and there's a lot of questions. Walter Brueggemann writes, writes this book called Reality, Grief, and Hope, and in it he talks about how in the Hebrew Bible there's this sense that the divine is always present, and yet it, the divine grieves over our bad decisions. And then we're left with this, this idea that somewhere in the midst of that, God brings hope, even out of death and destruction and devastation. And here we are. It's May, it's, it's actually March 10th. 2021, and, and we are struggling with the idea of how do we find ourselves back to where we were a year ago? And the answer is simple. We are where we are. Our life didn't stop in March. It just modified what we thought was normal. And the truth is, our normal was kind of jacked up. I was having this conversation with some of my clergy friends, and we were talking about how it was that for some reason, the world seemed to close, but instantaneously, it was as if we went into hyperdrive and we started using phrases like overfunctioning and overworked and exhausted and yet empowered and motivated and emotionally drained. And all of these things came back to this idea of why do we do what we do and for whom? And then... I've had a lot of people that have lost loved ones in the last couple weeks, in the last months, and we find ourselves asking the same questions. You know, when we've we've gone from not being able to have any funeral services uh, to people being able to have gravesides, then and then still having to practice social distancing, and then and then just in the last couple months being able to have funeral services for loved ones. Uh, but only the family can sit together and we don't do funeral dinners and all the things that we used to do that we thought mattered seem to start to wane. And I find myself asking this question a lot, like, what does it mean for us to be a follower of God and a human being? (laughs) You know, um, some of you know that my grandfather died, uh, around March 17th, and uh, it was with his death that the impetus for me to go back to school began. My grandfather always had this beautiful way of talking about life in, in a, a mystical sense. Gene Curtis uh, never hesitated to speak his mind, and even after two cerebral hemorrhages and all of the health things that happened, uh I had some of the greatest conversations I've ever had with a human being, 
when it was just he and I and maybe my grandmother or maybe my aunts um, and sometimes my mom all sitting there just kind of talking about faith. You know, even with all of the stuff that happened to him health-wise, there was never a doubt in his mind that God existed. I think he would probably have called himself a, a mystic. Um, and, and a mystic in their terminology in that generation probably meant that the organized religion was kind of doing the right thing, but really their relationship with God was, it transcended what we were doing within the pews. And so I find myself, I've had a lot of people ask me in the last month, so Josh, how do we reclaim our faith in God? And honestly, how do we find a way of believing in something that just seems to not be the the wish giver that everybody makes God out to be. So I, I've been thinking about it a lot, and, I, and I've decided that I wanted to kind of address this in a couple episodes. So today's episode is specifically going to talk about the presence of God. I think a lot of people get this a little confused in the sense that, well, I've got to be able to feel, see, touch the presence of God in order to know that God exists. And honestly, when we talk about the presence of God, we're talking about the the feels, right? Like it's you feel it down inside your gut. Um, and academically, we, we can't prove those things. I mean, you, you could go all day long talking about God, God's imagery, uh, God's gender. You could talk about God's uh, divine being and the creation aspect of it. And academically, we, we can talk all day long about the, the ideas of God. But when we talk about the presence of God, academically, we can speak as to how we feel, but not necessarily how everyone else should feel. You, you, you get this a lot when we start talking about it in, uh, honestly, some misogynistic tones that God's presence is male or that God has the ability to just, it, God can only be father. Now, listen, I'm I'm not here to make a podcast specifically about how we need to look at God as either father or mother or even just gender neutraling it, neutralizing it by calling God parent. But for me, I, I tend to refer to God in the omnipotent. God doesn't need to be a man or a woman. And, and, and I, and I love the imagery that we get from Hebrew and Greek, where there's this kind of nurturing idea. But to me, not all women have to be nurturing and not all moms are. I mean, my mom was, but not everybody's was. Uh, so, so this idea that God as a nurturer can only be feminine is, is kind of, it changes a, a little bit of the idea of what God is. So if you want to think of it, think of God as an artist, and God has this canvas in front of God, and it's blank. And with the stroke of God's hands, mountains appear, and waters appear, and the heavens and the earth appear. And, you know, slowly, as God changes God's mind, we have to change the canvas depending on the, the seasons. And they're never the same. You know, like when you paint a picture, you, you never can paint the exact same picture again. So for me, the presence of God doesn't have to be genderized for whatever reason. But I do think that we can feel the presence of God. 
So I'm going to give you a few images. For me, you can feel the presence of God in the changing of the seasons because there's nothing that can explain it. Notice that you'll never see two leaves that look exactly the same. And we know the science. We know that the branches get fed and and we know how that the plants, you know, get all this stuff from the earth and we know that leaves fall and they change colors depending on the seasons and the, the sun. But notice that the sun changes direction and not all the leaves change the same color. And, and, and the leaves never look exactly the same. And yet somehow we know that they're going to be there and that at some point they're going to fall off the trees. Except for evergreen trees. You know, Martin Luther talks about evergreens in the idea that when we use evergreens, it's to remind us of the everlasting God, everlasting love that God had for us. And so there's, for us, we can see the presence of God in the changing of the seasons. So there's the first one for me. So you can physically see it. I think sometimes you can physically touch it. Uh, and you're going to think that I'm weird, but, you know, over the last year, we've had some extreme weather. And I'm just kind of floored to think that not more than three or four weeks ago, we stepped outside and we had more than 18 inches of snow on the ground in Perry, Oklahoma. You know, my entire life that I lived in Oklahoma, we never had snow. Not once. We had ice. We had tornadoes. We had windstorms. We had lots of thunderstorms, lots and lots of wind, but never snow, let alone 16 to 18 inches of snow. And so right there, I, I could, I could, I remember walking outside and putting my hand in the snow and, and feeling the, the, the cold from it. And then not more than a, a couple days later, the sun came out and then there's this warmth that comes out and I could feel like the, the sun literally coming out and I could feel the warmth on my face. And that at that moment, I knew there was something different than myself and that, that I couldn't explain that feeling, that, that guttural feeling that made me think that life changes and I am the witness of all of these changes. And then I remember talking to a friend of mine about specifically about feeling the presence of God and the love that we have for our children. We can't describe that, by the way. I mean, you could use all kinds of artistic phrases and understandings of the ways that we feel love. But to describe the actual love that we have for our children or our nieces or our nephews or our, our friends' children, you, you, you can't describe that. You just, you just know that there's a connection deeper than anything that we've ever seen and we fight to the death to keep them safe. And we do all of these things to make sure that they're completely okay. And at the end of the day, sometimes they make the right choices and sometimes they don't. And yet that love never wavers. Now we can get upset and get really angry and say horrific things. But at the end of the day, that love that we have for our children or our, our friends' children or even our nieces and nephews, or even our brothers and sisters, that, that love that we have even for our parents. I think that's your proof of the presence of God. 
we cannot describe nor quantify that unique feeling. And yet, we know that it exists. We know that it draws us for protection and a sense of comfort. And, and in the good days and the bad days, we, we crave that feeling of love and comfort. And I feel truly that that is the presence of God. And honestly, I think that's why churches have been begging to be back together with one another. You know, sometimes that just that hug, that, that side hug or the fist bump or the handshake allows you to feel the presence of God in such a way that cannot be replicated. So for this episode, for me, the presence of God is for me the proof. With the changing of the seasons, with the changes of the ways the weather feels, the ways that the creation changes like a artist canvas, and more importantly, that that love. I, I honestly believe in that love. It's really what gives me hope. That that love cannot be replicated, nor can it be taken away. It can be broken, and it and there's something that aches when we lose our loved ones. But that ache that we feel, I also feel as God giving us a moment to grieve in the reality of our life, as Brueggemann would say. So I hope in some aspect, as, as we continue these discussions about the presence of God and the belief in God, I hope really important aspects of this is it's, it's, not, it's not that we all have it all figured out either. I don't think that any church in any way, shape, or form has the right answer. All I do see is, is that every church is trying to feel the presence of God. And each one of us find out that we feel that in a different way. So my challenge for you is, is as you stop listening to this podcast and you're driving from wherever it is from one place to the next, I, I want you to take that moment and, and I want you to take a deep breath in and hold it, and then I want you to let it out as fast as possible. And that breath, as you bring it in a second time, is I want you to hold it there and recognize that that breath is the breath, the Ruach of God. And the same Ruach that created Ish and Isha, or Adam and Adama, there is the presence of the divine in our breath. As long as we have breath, we can prove that God exists. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.